everybody. Thanks for joining Healthcare Clarity. This is Anchita and we've got David Seike here. Hey, David. Hi, Anchita. And tonight we are excited to introduce one of our first guests, actually, on the show, Dr. Olivia Ong. Hi, Olivia. Hi, everyone. Hi, Anchita. Hi, David. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. I know it's a weeknight and you've got kids and we've got family and everything, so it's a tricky time to catch up. But I really, really wanted to have a chat to you about um, your work, your background. We've recently met, obviously, in Melbourne, um, and I was just gobsmacked with your story. So Healthcare Clarity is all about bringing information and stories and anecdotes about amazing clinicians. I do believe these sort of stories empower people and support us. Um, Olivia is also um, affiliated with APAS um, now to sort of provide uh, some of her course materials and things for our members. So it's all about empowerment, protection and prevention, as we always say. So, Olivia, can you tell me a little bit about your organization and what your journey has been like? Sure, sure. Uh, Just a bit of background uh, about myself. So um, I'm known as my personal brand. For some of you who have known, followed me for some time, I'm known as the heart-centered doctor. I've been a pain physician for about 15 years now, and I'm an expert in resilience and burnout. But I have a unique backstory, I guess. Um, In Mm. 2008, I had a severe car accident that left me a paraplegic. Um, I was told by the doctors, ironically, actually not just doctors, my peers to be to be honest, that I'll never walk or practice medicine again. So that was a big shock to the nervous system. Oh, it would be, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, and, and I found out exactly what what it, it was like on the other side of the healthcare system. Like I had to spend years as a patient in hospitals and rehab facilities in Australia, in the US, in an attempt just to regain some of the capabilities that were torn away from me. You see, like my identity shifted when from doctor to patient within like a second. Like one moment I was walking upright and, you know, on my way to work, actually, I was like literally, um, I was really happy that day. I remember feeling really happy that day. I had a really awesome lunch with a good friend of mine and I was just like on my way yeah, you know, like my work as a rehab registrar, I could sneak up for lunch and then come back to work. I know. So you you were a registrar then, were you, Olivia? I was a rehab registrar, first year of training, really pumped and excited about rehab medicine. Because, um, yeah, I've explored like which, which specialties suit me. And I realized earlier on that many, many specialties don't suit me. But what really drew me to rehab medicine was just the holistic nature. I get to hang out with cool people. I mean, physios. Um, OTs, psychologists. I just like working in a team, like that multidisciplinary sort of MDT model. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's why I'm drawn to movies like Marvel because they've got a lot of all this, <laughs> like you know, camaraderie <laughs> I, spirit. I love that you mentioned that we are all Avenger fans. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is a this is a must, isn't it, Dave? That <laughs> if you're gonna come onto a program, you must be an Avengers fan. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll be talking lots of. Um, um, references to Marvel because Marvel not only taught me how like how to kind of overcome challenges as an entrepreneur even as Absolutely. a person yeah it's it's taught me really beautiful life lessons but mm. I guess back to you know m- more serious note um, <laughs> yeah so um, I didn't realize that my journey as a patient to learn to walk again uh, was 
How do you say? A lot more than I bargained for. Um, I mean, just to kind of recapitulate what I just said, like, you know, I was one moment I was walking and then the next moment I was lying on the ground after a car just like came at me out of nowhere and just went at pretty much about 60 kilometers per hour or more. Don't really know. But uh, yeah, the impact rendered me a paraplegic. So Olivia, when you say paraplegia, what was the specifics of your um, disability? So what were you able to do after the injury right after? Yeah. So um, what I was told when, when I was in the emergency department that I basically dislocated my L1, L2 vertebrae. Um, I smashed my L2 vertebrae. It was all like smattered. Smattered? Is it? Yeah, smattered. <laughs> Both <laughs> fragments everywhere into the spinal canal. And that caused a huge hematoma on my conus medullaris. I'm going all near, like all technical now. <laughs> uh, and that caused significant pressure on the conus medullaris and quarter Hence, I sustained a spinal cord injury that way. That's an L1 spinal cord injury. Com- commonly known commonly known as cord equina, yeah? Exactly. Saddle paresthesia, yeah. yeah. Mm. The whole works. Saddle paresthesia, unable to feel my legs, unable to move my legs. Um, God, that must have been so, so scary, though. Oh my Very gosh. scary. And I, I lost control of my bowels and bladder. So that was wow. probably the, the thing that really, like, really, really devastated me the most because mm. we take that for granted. Don't... Of course, of course. Yeah. And, you know, it, until we hit these adversities, you know, you don't, you just never know. You just never know. And, and so from there, where, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Where to from there? You know, what does one sort of inspire themselves to actually create what you have created to this And not point, just that, you know? um, uh, how would you describe the, the, the journey to, to coming back to sort of what you might call normal life? It, it sounds very cliche that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but it really does. Like, it really mm. does. Because I had to dig deep and I had to kind of dig deep into my why like I really wanted to walk again that was my deepest deepest desire my deepest goal and I was obsessed with it in a good way um, because I had to, I regained some movement in my left leg but not totally on my right leg basically um, left leg almost regained um, almost normal function but the right leg was still quite paralyzed so perhaps it's the way my spinal cord was injured the, um, the nerves to my right leg from the, um, I'll say knee downwards was like flaccid. Like I had to wear a brace, um, like like a polio. Think of Forrest Gump when you know, he was wearing the brace. I had, <laughs> I've always made more um, references to movies. Like Forrest Gump was that kind of like, you know, he wore a brace and everything. Yeah, but this is one of the reasons I absolutely love you, Olivia. I'm a movie freak as well. <laughs> um, coming up with ana- movie analogies. It's excellent. It's very visual and easy to relate to, right? Yeah, thanks, thanks. That's fantastic. Avengers is one, but um, Forrest yes. Gump is, and a few others are some of my uh, long ter- time favorite movies still to this day. <laughs> so you, you must identify a lot with Doctor Strange as well. Oh, yeah. Since- um, <laughs> <laughs> he was in a car so accident true. and he wasn't able to practice after that, right? <laughs> I, I told, like, I told like, the family, like, Dr. Strange is my favourite character. Not because, well, maybe because both of us are doctors. But uh, his storyline, <laughs> his hero's journey or, or, or story arc or whatever you want to say, is very similar, identi- identical in a way. Mm. He, he um, I guess he was a surgeon. He lost function of his hands and then found himself through, found himself again 
but through something very different like i think what did they call that the art of dark magic i, I, I might have got it <laughs> we better get some sponsorship from marvel i think <laughs> uh, one of those but i think yeah like i wanted to create my own magic um mm. you know um, a, a beautiful author that i follow is liz gilbert she wrote this book on creative magic so mm. I told myself I'm going to create my own reality. Maybe I was creating a Marvel movie in my head, who knows, but <laughs> I was like I want to create my it's own coming. reality. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I want to create my own reality where I will learn to walk again. And, and and where did that where did that end? So you ended up going to the states, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I, I went to the states. Uh because at that time this was we're talking about 2009, Spanish called injury survivors. All they talk about is learning to walk again. I mean, I got I met, I form a French lots of um you know very close friendships with spinal cord injury survivors when I was a, a patient in the hospital and then I continued those friendships along the way and they always talk about this place called Project Walk in San Diego and a couple of uh, my Aussie um spinal cord injury survivor friends have gone there and come back and say hey you know I've gotten so much out of it now I can walk again and I can do these things and I went I am totally going to do that. I'm totally going to do this. So what I did was I listened to my intuition, told the hubby, hubby was like, "Right. I mean, he works in IT, so he he's quite flexible. He can work from anywhere. He can even work he worked on San Diego actually <laughs> when we were there." So um I went on to tell my boss and said, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to take a couple of years off so to focus uh, to focus on my Yeah, walking and then he was he was cool with that. He was really very really supportive. Oh, so that's I always, excellent. Yeah, so that's fantastic. Yeah, you remember the bosses that really got your back and supported yes. you? So he was one of those bosses who, you know, like really um supported me when I went back to work a year after my injury. I was in a wheelchair. He made the um, office wheelchair friendly. He he um, got someone to create an automatic door even. Like, you know, wow. like this is a that, tertiary Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, this is a tertiary public hospital in Melbourne. Like you wouldn't, well, you wouldn't expect much you, of it. You wouldn't expect that. That's right. Yeah, no, no. It should be like that, but you yeah, wouldn't it should be. That. It should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kudos to the Alfred Hospital crew. Okay, I got. I gotta say it because they're really good. Good. No, no, absolutely. I have to give acknowledgements to hospitals that know what they're doing and they do it really well. Absolutely, um, you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. Kudos to those guys who got my back all these years, and yeah, I, I went to US. Had an awesome experience. Think about, you know, like the S. Was there a show called SAS where they did like a boot camp? Was it a boot camp or they were tortured? It felt like my my oh, own yeah. version of SAS over there because wow. I had trainers who trained me every day, five hours. So it was a bit like that. They made me do lots of rigorous activities at back crawls. Wow. and pushing weights pushing furniture i'm like jeez man that's like, but that's, that's incredible yeah yeah they got me to do stuff that i never imagined that i could do they were but you know like this is my this was my own journey of self coaching myself which i didn't yes. realize yes so how long did it take you to to walk again olivia that i mean that that miracle that's happened you know mm, yeah i f- think from what i can recall uh it took me about a year to kind of um walk my first few steps and another two years to walk a bit more functionally so um yeah a year into my uh, trip in project work or my um intensive rehab stint over there 
I took my first few steps in I think October 2011 and Project Walk does this beautiful thing where every year they celebrate all their clients whether they're walking or not they, they celebrate so all of us who walked I gave a were given a red carpet you know Americans they like to do the red carpet very, very American drama. very drama red carpet the whole works love it yeah I know I know and I, I, I walked and I felt you know I felt like you know I was whole again because For a couple of years after my injury, I felt so broke. I felt really broken. Yes. If I felt like lost and angry as well because all my friends in my year all went become, went on to become consultants. And yes. here I am, you know, still left behind, trapped in my wheelchair. There was a lot of self-pity and oh my gosh, look at you now. Look at you now. You know, you finished so ultimately you finished your physician training. then you specialize in pain medicine and then i mean and then you make this heart-centered medical entrepreneurs and leaders tell me tell me more tell me more what is this create what is this and what are you trying to actually achieve through this organization mm. what i'm trying to achieve with the organization that i i formed so i actually set up a um, personal development and professional development company for doctors I was very uh, I'm very inspired by Mind Valley I'm not sure that you guys have heard of Mind Valley um this is a online company that really focuses a lot a lot on transformation every tools they use everything they teach is about transformation I be, I became really um obsessed about their content in March 2020 because remember when the pandemic first hit us like we were all like uncertainty scared like you know panicky and um i found myself in that time um not only was i i became the breadwinner of the family my husband unfortunately um had, you know had didn't you know his, he was let go of his job basically at that time i was the breadwinner i was heavily pregnant and I, i've got a disability you know i've got spinal cord injury still so i had to deal with all that and plus i've got a 4 year old that had to stay at home a lot you know remember those days where we had to um be with our kids at home a lot at the homeschooling or we didn't really want them to go to daycare because they can get covid it was th- those days um yeah and mind valley um w- was there for me i guess um the teachers of mind valley virtual teachers of mind valley were there for me in my darkest of times so re- that really inspired me to think about what is missing in healthcare um and i realized it was personal development education was missing like you think about it guys like you know since med school we were all taught all the academic stuff like how to diagnose a chronic liver disease and somehow that popped in my head but chronic liver disease because i remember that you had lots of, of signs of, i don't know why maybe it's the jaundice and the ascites and the spider neva you're, you're a true the- physician that's why <laughs> yeah, no, i don't know that really popped up i'm not sure why out of all the diseases that one popped up but yeah like in But med you, school <laughs> we never get taught we know you are right though we really never get taught you know professional well-being it's it's such a you know different area of thing isn't it to to know about exactly exactly and i'm like and what was really what really you know bothered me or to a certain deeper extent or existential extent really broke my heart was this every year I always hear about suicides and I'm sure both of you are aware of the situation where there'll be news about somebody somewhere in Australia 
doctor. Oh, absolutely. One yeah. of the driving force of creating APAS was that, you know. It's just, um, it's incredible that the our colleagues who are supposed to really be the exemplary population, you know, of being the leaders and being the healers and all of that, and then we lose them. You know, it's incredible. It is incredible. And it just takes a, a few small changes to to change the situation and um, just improve the situation for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think the pandemic, um, as, as not so nice as it was, but it actually ignited a lot of passion in a lot of us to set up businesses to help our peers. I'm sure all three of us here and like APES and my and my company, we all keep we all it was inspired by all these things that's happened. Not just the suicides, burnout was already an all time high in our that's in our right. Field. And the pandemic just made it like, you know, ten times worse. And um and that probably and that led on to suicides, burnout, mental health issues, suicide. It's that like and I always like, you know, always this is thing that really um kept me thinking like what was what was so how, why did how did they feel so hopeless and helpless to that point that they'll take their own life it must be so yeah it really breaks my heart i cannot describe it in words but that really spurred me on to to start my business i was going i'm going to start something to help doctors not only lead the life they want to lead design their lives they want to design because it, you know Wayne I don't know what you guys know about Dr. Wayne Dwyer he said this beautiful quote um, don't die with the music still in you I love it that, yes oh my goodness fantastic. That, that is exactly I'm just thinking all these beautiful souls who have lost their lives so early on just like because the system didn't look after them they couldn't get help from the system and they couldn't get help from anyone. Really. And, and we, we didn't look after each other, you know, and that's that's really the ethos behind everything that we all do, isn't it? Just being able to look after one another, you know? So so uh, what do you think is the most prevalent issue that um, doctors face during these times? Mm, good question. I'd like to um, probably talk about... Um, if I if we were to talk about it in this four four aspects, uh, it'll be much clearer. It's I I am um, I call it mindset, heart set, soul set, and health set. Okay, let's talk about mindset first. In doctors, so doctors have been programmed as a lone ranger mindset, and we all all three of us can relate to this as med students. It's all about it's called a lot of competitiveness, isn't it? It's like oh, we have to get yes. into that clinical school. We have to we cannot show each other our knowledge because that means that they will like you know like i mean that that was yeah. my student days we all remember those days that's right mm. yeah so we already program- competition yeah exactly we'll program as lone rangers because when we ask our med student friends for help what does it mean we're stupid we're incompetent and that kind of lone ranger mindset carried on in internship registrarship consultantship even like you know it just carried on and on because mm, that's it's always the, prevalent mm. exactly so that's the mindset component and at heart set self-compassion doctors are not very self-compassionate towards ourselves and what happens when we make a little mistake we berate ourselves we constantly criticize ourselves in our head perhaps as a defense mechanism to protect ourselves from our bosses attacking us or I guess the healthcare system attacking us you know like that's 
where we used to be fearful of the saber tooth tiger now is the is our threat to self that mm. happens so that's that's not self compassion right that's being really um you know unkind to ourselves so that's the heart set we have closed our hearts um as doctors in a way and then the soul set burnout causes a lot of issues in soul set burnout is soul destroying i mean one of my colleagues in the us um diana beautifully said burnout is a spiritual crisis and this is exactly it's it, uh, it's so true it's so it, it true. is it is it, it 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 really penetrates and wounds the soul so deeply that you can't if you if any of us have been through burnout you know that it it takes you it's not just the physical bit to recover it's the spiritual bit that takes the longest and i experienced that myself so i i i know same I can, yeah, like, I can all very of, much relate to that. Yeah, yeah. it's that yeah. spiritual self that takes so long to get realignment again. And the last um component is health set. What happens when we burn out and we don't look out after ourselves? Everything, you know, goes we're talking about mental health issues. That's under that's under physical stuff, I mean health set. Um that's the mental health component. Emotional health. And then uh, we don't even look after our own physical health. We don't sleep much, we don't eat. Like look at our the way we work. We don't mm. get much. We don't get protected rest breaks. We just we don't sometimes we don't even eat our meals. I've been guilty of that as residents. Oh, I think all clinicians yeah. have, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And coffee was uh, our lunch. Our, our lunch, lunch, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I love that mindset, heart set, soul set, and health set. Health set. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Wow. So would you say that the the uh, the, the biggest barrier to a healthy, successful professional would be themselves it 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 all comes from within right mm, mm. exactly david you're spot on that's that's the main reason why i developed my personal development company because if we can't change the system we can change ourselves what is the, in our internal dialogue our internal self and then we can build ourselves internally with fortitude to go, to overcome challenges that the healthcare system throws at us which is yeah, throwing absolutely. a lot of challenges at us at the moment with staff shortages and everything um and people resigning yeah lots of lots of um, challenges here at the moment yeah. here here that's absolutely and you know if you can empower an individual then that individual can then empower more you know and the whole system then becomes so much more better isn't it mm-hmm. absolutely and she does absolutely mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's really really interesting, Olivia. And and thank you so much for your time. Um just sort of recapping and going back to and summarizing what we're, you know, trying to achieve here. I think um APAS, GP Clarity, you know, yeah, yeah, heart-centered medical entrepreneurs and leaders, we're all we're all here to really just make sure that clinicians do not feel that they are you know the last people to be addressed and their health and their well-being matters you know often when we're in this position where we are caring for people we just forget about ourselves and we just you know forget the fact that we also need to work on ourselves and find the tools to keep ourselves happy and and well and that's the only time when we can actually help others as well i think and not just that uh, there are people out there who are watching your back um whether you know it or not you just need to reach out and uh, someone will be there to listen to you to and to help you through the hard times 
And, and if all fails, Anjita and David will be there, isn't it, David? <laughs> yeah. Yep, we'll be there. <laughs> That's what we're here for. But uh, Olivia, you know, I would love to see, you know, and understand and correlate with you in the future, you know, and how we can continue to collaborate together. I think both, you know, all of our platforms have have the same ethos. So uh, we are very excited to, you know, look at what you bring um, to the greater community and how we can help to spread the word and get everybody to understand that, as David, you said, you know, that the help is available. It's not actually that help isn't available and no one should be feeling that they're completely alone because they're not. Mm, absolutely. And I, I love um, the ethos of your organization and Shira, APAS, and also David, GP Clarity, because like a big cause of burnout is actually the system as well. And you guys help with that aspect. And burnout, multi, we all know it's multifaceted. It's, it could be like from a political level, let's put it that way. And then all the way to personal, like it, it goes down that layers, political system, uh, workplace, and then ultimately it's individuals. So we're all working at different aspects of um, burnout to ha- to help our colleagues, basically. Well, our- you know, we, we just want zero suicides, Olivia. Exactly. We want zero, you know, it's just one life matters. And mm. that's what needs to happen. And there's no competition or, you know, we, we're not, we just need to work together and provide Absolutely. this platform for people. But thank you very much, Olivia, for your time. Um, and I hope that maybe in the future we can have more sessions where you can bring more insight and uh, into this sort of uh, area of clinicians' needs. Mm. And uh, I hope the very best for you and congratulations for what you have achieved. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Asira. Thank you, David. Thanks, guys. Now, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, Make sure that you share our podcast with everybody. We are hoping to actually catch up with a very interesting uh, presenter next week, Amy Imms from The Burnout Project. So hopefully um, that'll be done next week. Every Sunday we are uh, putting out our episode. So thanks, David, for your time as well tonight. And uh, we will catch up again soon. Thanks, Edgita. Have a good night.